Hello, Fabian. How are you today? Estoy listo para podcastar. Yes. Woo! Fabian, tell me who you are. I know who you are, but the people who are listening don't know who you are. I am a faggot. I am from Salinas. Uh, I am a photographer. I photograph a lot of drag queens. She's a slota también. A what? A slota. Slota? Are yeah. you making up words? <laughs> no, it's a thing. A slota is like a slut and a jota put together. Oh, shit. I love it. Trademark. I am a slota. Um, and I have a little like blog slash, I don't know what the fuck it is. It's called Foto Joto with an H. Um, and it's like a photography thing situation with a lot of like other hotos and nudity and buttholes and uh, beautiful brown men. Yeah. So let's get into it. So you said you're from Salinas, right? No, unfortunately. Where's that at? That is in California. It's like next to Monterey. It's in California. Um, it is, ugh, I don't even know. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like the least educated city in, I think it's California. It could be the country. Um, we're low. It's not great. All of our, um, excuse me, all of our bookstores closed and then our libraries shut down for a minute and Oprah had to come save us. I was supposed to say, uh, didn't Oprah save it? Because I remember you saying that for like three times in a row whenever we recorded. <laughs> so since you're bringing it up to the listeners, this is our fifth time recording because this bitch doesn't know how to hit record, I guess. Okay, so I bought some new equipment. I'm just trying to test it out. So you're my guinea pig. I am so. the guinea pig. I'm having to tell my story five times over. Sorry if it doesn't sound fresh. Yeah, we can feel it. I can feel it. I don't know if you can feel I it. I know. I'm like, everyone's going to hate me now. Nah, let's, let's talk about it. Okay, so you They're grew up. They're all going to laugh at me. Yeah. So you moved to San Francisco eight years ago, right? I moved here eight years yeah. ago. Yeah. So what pushed you to... Why San Francisco? Uh, so Salinas is like predominantly Latino, predominantly Mexican, I think I, it's safe to say. And uh, it's super machismo. And so growing up there as a little faggot, I uh, did not want to be there. <laughs> I wanted to be somewhere gay and comfortable um and san francisco felt like the little like disneyland like place that i could live at um so it was like it was always a dream like since middle school i think to like move to san francisco and so as soon as i graduated high school um oh no first i went to community college in selena still because i'm a poor bitch and i can't just like up and run away so I got my associate's degree at community college, and then I, and then I transferred to SF State and moved to San Francisco. You weren't nervous about moving here because I spoke to Diego, your friend, and he was uh, telling me that you, he literally, or no, was it him or someone else, that there was literally people who were building holes in the house, in their wall, and they were renting that out. You weren't scared of how expensive it was to live here? I don't think I knew. When I moved here, I got a very cheap room on the very outermost part of the city in the sunset. The, the next street over was the beach, <laughs> um, which sounds nice, but for people that live in San Francisco, they know that like, oh, bitch, you live out there. Like, no one's going to visit you. <laughs> and I had no friends, and I would cry all... I had no friends, and I had no windows in my room, so I cried 
a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I would call my mom all the time and just like, I was happy to be here, but it was, I just knew that it was going to take a lot of time to readjust and to like build a network and yeah, it was rough. It was rough when I first got here and I had no friends, which is super weird because I would cry all the time, but I would also like go drink in the Castro and just twirl by myself. That was how you coped with the depression? Uh, that was part of it. I would like hop on the L train and with a little bot- bottle of like uh, Bacardi Limon and like have my headphones on. And back then... was it le- Is it legal to drink on the train? No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you try to hide it? No. Okay. Girl, there are people shooting up heroin on the streets Shut in San up. Francisco. Like, uh, <gasps> I am the least That's of their problems. That's right. The last time I was Do here, there was that lady, and she and she yes. and I was looking at her, and she got she I forgot what she said to me, but she gave me this stare, or she said something. I don't know what she said, but she was literally shooting it up on her ass. Yeah. Oh, you told yeah. You remember bad. that? Yes, you told me about it. I totally forgot. You were there. What do you mean I told you about it? No, I think that was outside of my house, but you had like went on your own little trip. Oh, I, I mean, girl, I live there. Like, I saw it all the time, so. And so you were drinking on the train? Where were you going? So yeah, back to like then. What's uh, the L train? No heroin, only alcohol. I am an alcoholic, but I don't do other drugs. I, what, <laughs> so funny. Like what songs were back? Like I remember I would listen to Kanye West's, um, Ugh. Uh, no, no, no. It's this one song. It's like, I'm up in the world. I'm down on my life. I'm new in the city. Something like that. It's, uh. Oh God, what's it called? I want to look it up now. But uh, it's the song of he's like it's he's new in the city, and it's I would just get fucking wasted on Smirnoff. Uh, no, not Smirnoff. Back then it was Bacardi Limon, and then I would go to uh, Booty Call Wednesday at Q Bar and just twirl for my life by myself. What is Booty, no what friends. is Booty Call Wednesday um, for? Because I don't know what that is. What is that? It is a party that no longer exists now, but back then. Um, Juanita Moore, this uh, very prolific drag queen in San Francisco who is amazing and does a lot of fundraising and a lot of great events um, and great fashions. Um, she threw a party back then called Booty Call Wednesday at Q Bar. And uh, it was essentially just a dance party. I remember the music was always good. It was like deep house and I could just get in there and like just fucking twirl, like twirl, 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 twirl. Um, to all this deep house music and in the back they had like a photo booth and back then I think it was this guy named Isaac and uh, and yeah you could go get your photo taken go twirl and drag drag queens were spinning I don't think they had shows Um, but that poor that party retired at some point Um, it no longer exists now but that was one of the that was one of my big escapes when I first moved here was just going there and fucking dancing. And I didn't know anyone back then, so I could just go and do my thing. Did you ever think, maybe I should just move back home to Selena's? No. No, that was never an option. I would cry. I had no friends, and it, would, it was depressing. But I, no, moving back was never an option. It was more just like, how do I make friends here? And it's rough. It's still, even now, I have friends. Like, I've... I'm so far from that point at this point in my life, but I can still recognize how rough it is in the city to like establish like good relationships. Is it, is it really? I remember when I moved to Austin and I didn't like the city. It was a good city. I just didn't want to be there until 
I made friends and all of a sudden the whole vibe and city just changed for me and I ended up loving falling over the city because Wait, of the people where, that I, I made. you're from Austin. Where are you from? No, I'm not from Austin. I'm from, um, Bay, from Baytown. Where's, how far It's about like Austin? where I was living, um, what's more like Mont Bellevue, it's about 45 minutes from, okay. from Houston. So kind of like me, like I'm like two hours south from here. I grew up in Salinas and so like you yeah. grew up outside of Houston city. Yeah. Oh, Houston. Outside of Houston. Oh, bitch. I don't know Texas at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was it that made you decide I'm going to stay here and try to make a life here? Was there a friend? Was there a job? That no, there was no reason. Or there Cause was that's, no, Cause your lifestyle right now, which tell me sounds really dangerous and, and you can go really down here really fast. <laughs> Excuse me? You're drinking in the fucking subway or the L train. Oh, back getting then. Drunk. Yeah, back then. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting like, you're crying, you're getting drunk every day. You don't have friends. That sounds like you can go somewhere dark really For fast. For sure. Did you ever have a moment that you were just like, holy shit, I need to take a step back? Girl, I have those stuff. I have like, I had thought that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, but... me too. I, I, I woke up today. I was like, I am no longer drinking. Oh my God. I felt but so But here bad. I am sipping wine. Cheers. <laughs> um... So what did you do to make well, no. money and pay so, your bills? There was definitely never any thoughts of like moving away because growing up in Salinas where it's like super machismo and super like, I just never felt welcome there and I never felt at home. Um, San Francisco was always the dream. So like when I got here, even though I cried a lot and even though I had no friends, I was still happy and so content. Like it was a very mixed bag of feelings but I knew that like I was at a place that I wanted to be at. I so San Francisco was always a dream. I knew that I wanted to be here for like years, since middle school. So getting here and like being lonely and being a little bit sad was not going to be like oh I'm leaving because no bitch. It was like I wanted to be here really badly and I got here and I like had a shitty apartment but I had one and I lived here and it was the dream and. Had you had it, found yourself uh, whenever you moved here? Did you know who you were or did you discover that while, while you were here? To be honest, I've lived here eight years and I've, I, I've only felt so sure of myself in the past maybe year. Why is that? Um, so like I, I knew nobody. I went from like knowing nobody to knowing everybody because I became a photographer and I would photograph all these parties and like, I photographed all these RuPaul queens. Milk knows me by name. I love her. She's one of the nicest RuPaul yeah. queens I've ever worked with. She's so cute, isn't she? She's amazing. And I'm like rooting for her on All Stars. Hey, I'm Are exci- you? I'm excited. Yeah. I'm rooting for Trixie. I love Trixie. I have also worked with Trixie. She is also amazing. But Milk is the only one who's like come back to San Francisco. And she was like FBFE, which is like my photography brand. And like... Oh, like bitch like people i've worked with 20 times can't even remember that name (laughs) like and i get it it's like a a mouthful fine but milk like remembers me and works with me and she's on my wall somewhere in glitter and i love her uh but so yeah i photographed a lot of parties and became that an event photographer i guess um i forgot where i was going i forgot where i I asked how you said you were sure of yourself this past year, but before that, oh, like... so yeah, like, I was photographing all of these parties, and I feel like I was, like, doing great for myself. But, like, looking back on all that, I had no, like, real friends. And I and it's something I've actually watched new photographers 
in the city go through. Like they're posting their feelings on Facebook and I'm like, girl, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's knowing so many people in this city and like you can't walk through the Castro without saying hi to like five people at least. But like you go home and you like want like a friend to kiki with or like watch a movie or like, bitch, can we go to Trader Joe's and can we go buy salads together? (laughs) Anything. Like you don't have those genuine connections and it took me like five years of working in here in the city to realize like, holy shit, like I've been here a really long time and I don't have like close friends that I can like lean on. Um, And so that's what I mean by like, I think in the last year I finally have made those friends. And so it just feels nice to like live in this city and be like, oh yeah, I like actually have like, like friends that I can call and text and get that salad at Trader Joe's. So uh, did you just fall into photography or did you have a calling? What did you feel it when you were younger? Funny story. I feel like I was just telling this story that like a sh- minute ago. <laughs> I'm just going to put this on pause. I'm going to fix your mic real quick. Okay, so let's talk about uh, the funny story. What was this funny story? <laughs> I was kidding. The funny part <laughs> is that I've told the story three times already <laughs> because this bitch couldn't record... You know, once we get past this first 15, 20 minutes, everything will be fresh and then I you'll know, start getting into it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Okay. We just got to retell these so, three or four stories we went through like four times. Yeah. So this part. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got my associate's degree in photography back Did you already mention that? Salinas. I don't even know, bitch. I've okay. said this, like I said, <laughs> like I said. <laughs> um, yeah. So how's it? That's a short version. Okay, so you took a class, photography class, or you went to photography school. Did no, you so instantly... I, so, no, okay, so I wanted to come to San Francisco. I knew that I wanted to go to SF State. But in order to transfer as a poor bitch, you have to go to community college first. And you have to get, an, so you have to get your transfer credits. And so you can also get your, like, associate's degree while you do that. And so what I did was I got my... Who the fuck is knocking? Hey, are you knocking? Sorry about that interruption. Uh, Fabian's no, boyfriend got out. stuck outside. <laughs> 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 uh, we were like, who the fuck? Where's that noise coming from? <laughs> All right. So we were talking about how you decided to become a photographer. Is that something you had always wanted to do? So uh, I always wanted to move to San Francisco. And I think that was probably the one thing I was the most sure about when I was a little faggot back in Salinas. Um, but so in order to transfer to SF state as a poor bitch, you have to go to a community college first. I think most, I think a lot of people know this. Like you go to community college, you get your 60 units or some shit like that. And then you transfer to a big college, like the big boy college. And so while I was doing that, I decided I want to get my associate's degree in photography. And so in Salinas, it's called Hartnell college. I was there and, uh, took photography and, my teacher there, Eric Bosler, love him. I had the biggest crush on him because he was so sweet because he was amazing. He, I remember this pivotal moment in my life where he gave us this assignment. I think it was like motion capture motion or something. Um, and we all like turned in our photos and he, he critiques them in front of the class. Just, this is the geek and photographer in me. What were you shooting with back then? Uh, back then they, I, back then I was on all film. Oh is, shit, man. Which is something I appreciate so much in life as a photographer is that I learned everything on film first. I fucking hate film. I will never <laughs> do it again, but I appreciate that I, 
everything I learned, like my foundation was built on film. What is that? I've never worked with film except once when I used a large format camera mm-hmm. and that I was, was a really person. intense, like it was, it was long to find it. And it was like, I only had like two instant films to get the exposure right. And so, mm-hmm. and what, then you have to develop that shit and oh, the liquid but, no. smells like hot dogs. I hate it. So my, what my question is, what's the difference between working with film than now that you work with digital, what, why do you hate it? And what did you learn? What, like, what, why did, why couldn't you get that foundation with a digital camera? Well, so that hot dog smell to begin with. So when, so you, you do your thing on film. First off, you don't know what the fuck your photo is going to look like. You hope for the best, but you have no idea what the hell that picture is going to look like when you take it. Then you have to go into a dark room and I never sucked a dick in a dark room. So that was disappointing. And like, I'm like, <laughs> otherwise, why the hell am I in this room? Um, you have to go in a dark room. You have to like, and it's weird. You're like blind essentially. And you have, and you like take apart your camera and you, I'm going by memory, but it, it was weird. I remember like you go into the dark room, you take your camp film out and like, you're like handling it and like putting it into a container. And then you go out of that, like super mega dark room into like a different dark room. So do you feel like red light using film? It helped you figure out what you wanted to catch right away, as opposed to just taking a thousand pictures in digital. And then well, what helped me with using film was like just learning about aperture and F stops because it was very vital to like getting the shot right. Um, whereas now I'm out, and the thing is, it still matters, but you I shoot can, raw. Like, I can fuck around. Yeah, I should, oh, girl, I always shoot raw. <laughs> no, slutta. You're both, a fucking slutta. Both literally and figuratively. I <laughs> only shoot raw. I love raw. Figuratively. Figurative. Bitch, girl, this wine is sinking in. <laughs> both ways. All the ways. All the ways raw. And two ways. I just want to get to this hot dog part. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> like, you go into the second room with your film canister, and there's tubs of liquid that you have to, like... Oh, no, this is the part after after the film, and you transfer it to paper. The paper, I think, you had to, like, dip in liquid. People are... I'm sure, like, actual photographer bus will listen to this and be like, this bitch got it all wrong. <laughs> all I remember is that there is a part where you have to dip your hands with gloves, of course, into a tub of liquid to develop the film or the paper. I can't remember which step it was. But that shit smells like hot dogs. I like hot dogs. Like gross hot dogs, though. I've never smelled a gross hot dog. Like expired hot dogs. That's what it smelled like. So on top of like, it was expensive. It was expensive. Film is expensive. You have to buy the paper. So how was a poor, how was a poor boy? You said you were poor. How, why would you go into such an expensive hobby or class if you didn't really have a bunch of money? I think to I always it? knew that I would be, I'm like the girl that was like back, like MySpace was a thing back then. Mm-hmm. So I think, and so we were already all like doing our little like mirror selfies with a digital camera. And so I think that I always knew that I was going to do digital, but I wanted my associate's degree in photography. And so they didn't offer, order, they didn't offer digital yeah, cameras. Yeah, yeah. You do digital later, but your oh. first class, like it's like, you, there was a step like in the program that you had to do and everyone starts in film. So yeah, so I learned on film first and then my photographer teacher, Eric Bosser was this like six year old man, but he like really grew on me in a way that like I developed a crush on him. Ooh, did you suck his dick? Ugh, did you girl, taste his I hot wish. dog? He had a wife <laughs> and I met her once at Costco. And, and. <laughs> 
Uh, I wish. I had a, yeah, I'm not into daddies, like, typically. I mean, I have a broad spectrum of who, of the type of men I love. I love everyone, but, uh, yeah, daddies aren't typically my style, but, uh, this dude was, like, I don't know, he was just really sweet and, and very caring, and he loved his work, and I think that that transferred over to me, um, and then I remember turning an assignment once in, and he kind of critiqued everyone's and was like very uh, blase da about it all. Like just like kind of <laughs> critiquing, just giving everyone like basic feedback. And then he get, he looked at mine and he was like, Fabian, like, have you ever like considered photography like seriously? What were you shooting? That the, you like thought you were talented? Yeah. It was a, it was a motion assignment. So we all had to capture motion. And I remember it was my brother's friend. Her name I think was Carrie. And she was I had her like run into like a into the grass and like just jump and it, it's a very simple photo, um, but it it just looked very pretty. I was happy with that photo and I framed it after that because he because he looked at it and was like, "Have you ever considered photography after this?" Um, and I think that in that moment I kind of like I got this like reassurance from him and I was like, I hadn't considered it super seriously, but then he said that. And I was like, okay, yeah, I need to do this because I had a good feeling and this, my teacher loves it. Did you ever tell him that he had inspired you to become a photographer? I one day want to go back to Selena's and like go see him and just give him like the biggest hug. Aww. And I'll probably cry. I almost like I'm getting water and thinking about it. Yeah, no, I like would, I definitely would love to tell him like that moment, like, Oh no! And there was this other time where I couldn't afford something, and he gave me fifty dollars. Oh, he it, really yeah. believed I, in I, you. At that time, I did cry. Like I cried in class, like after class, no one was there. It was just me and him. And he, you're such a crybaby. I'm a girl, <laughs> bitch. I'm a crier. So while you're in school, for me, I went to photography school for a year, and there was always this one bitch that I always competed with. I always looked to her to push me, and I wanted yeah. to either be better or. Just as good as she was. Uh, her name is Crystal Malloy. She's from Austin. Check her out. She's really cool. Um, did you have that person in your class? In class? Back then? No. I think... I, don't, I didn't think I was a shit or anything like that back then. But I was the only one who was brave enough or comfortable enough, I would say, in doing nudity. And so my shit was always like different than everyone else's because I was comfortable doing all of these different things. Um... With the body. Who were you so, photographing nude? And my classmates. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, we would like. They would all just see each other naked. Yeah, like we'd like go to my apart, my garage. I used to live in a garage back then, and we'd like get drunk and like not drunk, but like we just like have drinks and kiki, and we'd like play with our lights and figure out shit, and then like we'd have like our friends like lay out and like take pictures. We had fun. It was a lot of fun exploring photography together how do you approach um someone that you don't know and not come off as a creep what's your process to ask them if they want to get photographed nude honestly like i don't even have to try because i'm just not a fucking creep when it comes to photography people have asked me over and over because of photo photo which we'll get to later i don't know if we've even introduced that topic yet but i photograph nude men all the time now and people have asked me if I hook up with the guys that I photograph and it's a fucking hard no, because when I'm shooting people naked, when I'm shooting anything at all, ever, 
I'm thinking about like, is my aperture right? Is my shutter speed right? Is it going to be blurry? Am I foc- Is my focus on their face? Like, is my focus on their nose? Because sometimes like you take a photo and you focus on like the wall behind them. Yeah. And then, and you can't tell until you see the photo like on your like big screen. And I'm like, oh fuck, I fucked everything up. And, like, I hate when I do like the shoulder and like the eyes yeah. are slightly out of focus. I'm, exactly. Like, and, and a photographer, other photographers see that shit and they're like, <laughs> oh bitch, you fucked that shit up. So it's embarrassing. So I'm thinking of all of those things when I'm shooting and I'm not, even if there's a fucking beautiful butthole in front of my face like that I'm photographing, it's... If you don't know, she's a top. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) My wall is covered in butthole. Um, Yeah. And yeah, so I love butthole. But when I'm shooting it, it's not like sex is the last thing on my mind and I'm not. So I've never been worried about like coming off as a creep because I'm not a creep. I can't even if I wanted to be be a creep because do, do you like send out a sample picture with it or like this is what I do. I would like to photograph you. Do they how does that work for you? Uh, well, I think so. Now we're going into photo hotel, right? And so we can go wherever you want to go, girl. So if we're talking about do you want to wrap up the earlier part of your life well, real let's, quick? Let's put a bow on it. Okay. I came from Salinas. It's basic as fuck. And now I live in San Francisco. Okay. <laughs> um, and so now shout out to your teacher really quick though. That that Eric man Bosler, sounds like such. I love he you. sounds so amazing, so sweet for him to do that for you. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of forgot about the money thing until just talking about it right now. And that was uh, yeah. He was a pivotal moment in my life for sure. So well, what you do is so you went to shooting classmates. Um, you were shooting women back then, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have any. So dudes. your your first male, did you, were you nervous whenever you photographed? Were you nervous for him to drop your pants and all of a sudden there's like a naked guy in front of you? I know you say you're not a creep now, you you focused, but like there has to be that little bit of like butterflies in the very beginning for you. To, no, yes or no? Girl, there's butterflies every time I go to a gig. I've been photographing in San Francisco for eight years now, and every time I walk up to an event where I'm photographing, I'm nervous. I, it doesn't go away. It's annoying as fuck. <laughs> Have you seen your work progress? Like, did you, were you shit back then and just didn't know it? Like, I've seen some of my old stuff. I'm like, I mean, it's oh, not bad, but I'm yeah, like, oh totally. my God, it's kind of bad. Like, you know? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I went out into the scene and just like would take photos for myself for free, like, or just for fun. And were you, did you feel weird taking your camera out? Um, if anything, it gave me more comfort. There's usually a spotlight when someone's walking around with a like a big old camera in a club or in a, anywhere. I feel like all eyes are on you if you're walking in with a camera. Well, if we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, I think that I am a, an actual introvert, and because of the career I took on, and like because I like go out to parties, and I'm like essentially mingling with like maybe a hundred people in a night, and I'm like. Hey, how are you? Like, can I take your photo? Can I take your photo? Can I take your photo? I'm, t- I'm talking to a lot of people. That's not something I would ever do if I was without a camera. If I'm at a party and by myself without a camera, I don't talk to nobody. Like, I'm shy as fuck. Um, and so it, it, uh, it. For me, stuff like that's emotionally exhausting. And when I come home. Like, I don't want to speak to anyone. I basically, the next day, just hide away in my house. How do you, like, get that energy back <laughs> so once you've left it all? Everyone I shoot for, I ask them for a week turnaround time on the photos. And one day of that week is reserved for not looking at the photos. Like, I need to 
step away from the situation and not look at it anymore because it's it it fucks with my anxiety like i'm not a i'm not a social creature by habit i do this because i got good at photography that's so strange because anytime i come out with you you're so fucking social and yeah. you're always you find someone you know and you pull me in or you pull your whoever you're with in and you will converse with them all day all night and so we black <laughs> out and don't remember how the fuck we got home <laughs> AKA last night. <laughs> AKA every night. Um, <laughs> Definitely, bitch. And you also like aren't scared to make friends either. Like we've you and I have both made friends, um, like we like out people we never even knew. So like for you to say you're not yeah, social, we've that's made really strange new friends. for me to hear you say you're not social. And I still definitely know that it is true deep inside. And that's the thing is like when I'm when I do that, I'm in a moment and like I'm like and I I just love connection. So I'm genuinely excited and eager to like see people and like if i see if i like last night we ran into a friend who i hadn't seen in a while and so i was like super just like ah like i love you and like how are you blah blah blah. but the next day like i'm drained i'm like it it takes so much out of me to like so to do that um so what do you do to get your energy back to find your center and masturbate masturbate (laughs) how many times do you masturbate a a day Oh, bitch. Are we going into this now? We, we're going everywhere, girl. I'm like, I want a survey. I want like everyone listening now to tell us the answer to that question. I am a two to three a day girl. Dang. Yeah. What about you? I'm like done with one. I'm going to take a nap. I'm tired. I'm yeah. hungry. I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. Sorry. I can go like a couple I could, days. I can maybe do two. Like if you give me a couple a few hours later. Like, yeah. Or if I don't. I don't know if you've ever had this happen whenever you're like, you're about to have an orgasm and all of a sudden like you don't quite have the full orgasm. Mm-hmm. Have, I've, have you ever had that yeah, happen? Yeah, and then you just do another one later. Yeah, and then, yeah. then you could do like, it's like you do half one and then like, and then I could do it again like right after if I, if I don't do like a full orgasm. <laughs> a little halvesy. Yeah. Because um, yeah. at it, my it age now. It depends on the day. Like if I have the day off and if I have nothing to do, bitch, I'm at home all day. Like I'll nut six times. Damn, bitch. But then like all those other times where I'm busy and I don't nut for like three days, but then I'm dying. So it just, oh my God. just depends. That's crazy. So you had mentioned that you like to do it raw. So and we, you have a boyfriend. <laughs> do you want to talk about your boyfriend and how that happened? I love my boyfriend. <laughs> um, well, do, do you want to just go into? Do you want to talk about like? Do you want to go linear? Or you want to just kind of jump around? We can jump around. Okay. I mean, that's how I am in real life. So okay. But wait, what, what are we talking about? Then? Your boyfriend now, Kareem. Love her. She is so cute. How did y'all meet? <laughs> On Instagram. Well, no. Okay, so. I saw his profile on Grindr, but his Instagram was attached to that. And so I went on to his, I didn't message him on Grindr. I just went on his Instagram and I like, liked like maybe 10 of his photos. I thirst liked, (laughs) hoping that he would like see that and like be like, oh, who's this bitch? And like, like, or like, I don't know, somehow respond back. Never responded back. Nothing happened. And like a month later... He just like randomly comments on my photos, a photo, a photo of me. There's a photo of you right behind you of me and another dude making out Hector. Love him. Um, There was a photo of me and Hector and he commented on it. Something about like, like uh, something saying we're cute. And I was like, oh, this is an opportunity. He reached out finally. I was like, so I went to his Instagram and like looked for a photo to comment on. And there was one of him and a cat. Um, and this like woman commented on his photo saying like this dude exists only to make women moist as fuck hashtag moist af 
And so I just like commented on that. I was like, moist as fuck indeed. <laughs> um, and then he messaged me and then we argued about Hillary Clinton and became boyfriends. I feel like you're missing something in there in the middle. It's like you chatted on social and then you became boyfriends. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, you're right. He was oh, out of town. Um, and we started talking. We definitely argued about Hillary Clinton a lot. This was right before the elections. Where did he take you on the first date? I invited him over. So what made me realize that I was going to love this dude was that when we finally exchanged dick pics, he sent his dick pic and I was like, oh, that's like a really nice penis. And he's like, yeah, she's won a couple awards. <laughs> and he referred to his dick as she. And I, I have a very, like, I'm very adamant about dudes who, like, refuse to refer, re- refuse to refer themselves, refer to themselves as she. Like, when, when you say she to a, a dude and yeah. they correct you, like, I'm not a girl. I'm like, oh, I know. Oh, it's bitch. Like you take like, life too seriously. Yeah, like, it's not that Calm serious. Down. Like, also, there's nothing wrong with being female. There's nothing wrong with feminine anything. Like, get over it. Um, so when he referred to his fucking, oh, he, what he said, he was like, she won a couple pageants. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bitch. I was like, you are stupid. I love you. <laughs> And then Kareem the second- is really funny. When I first He's met hilarious. Kareem, I fell in love with him. I was like, you need to marry this oh, man. Oh, yeah. I don't think I said his name. His, my boyfriend's name. I said his name earlier. <laughs> and so there was that. And then another time I was like, he was in Florida, like on vacation when we were chatting on Instagram. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm literally laying in bed doing nothing. And I want someone here to do nothing with me. And he's like, could I get a rain check on that? And I was like, um, yeah. So when he got back, he came over. He brought that a was bottle. the first time y'all met in person. When he came back, he came over, and that was the first time we met in person. And he was DTF on the first day, and I still tell him to this day. I told him this like yesterday. I was like, "Bitch, if you are not easy and DTF on the first date, like I would have not wasted my time on you. Like I like an easy bitch." <laughs> <laughs> and so I you, so you're you're down with people. You're down to like fuck on the first date. Yeah, yeah, bitch. Me too. Like, yeah, yes. Long story short, yeah. And so, yeah, we fucked on the, we fucked on the first day. I used back then. I used to use coconut oil. Mm-hmm. The next day, he had to help a friend move, and his friend took a picture of him helping them move. And there's fucking coconut oil leaking out of his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so, was, like, he it like, went through his pants. Yeah, like his shorts had a butthole stain oh my God. of coconut oil. How do you know it was coconut oil? Because that's what we fucked with. Oh. <laughs> so you mentioned, did you use a condom when you, you had sex with him? Because I said you like shooting raw. Are you, were you, are you safe when you're, whenever you're like barely dating somebody? I think that the word safe is... Uh, how do I say this? Okay, when people say like, are you safe? I think that I am safe um, because I take prep and i get tested very regularly like if not every three months then more more often than that Mm -hmm. so i think the word safe is like changing and when i ask people i'm just like i ask them like are you on prep or like or what are you what are your methods of uh you know just like keeping yourself in check Mm -hmm. like or if you're positive like are you um undetectable and like 
are you taking all your meds and blah, blah, blah. So if you date someone is positive, do you wrap it up or do you still not wrap it up? I never wrap. Okay. I don't want a Safeway bag on my penis. That shit costs 10 cents now in San Francisco and I'm not paying for it. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> no one else is going to get that. Except so me. how do you, so have you ever caught an STD? Yeah. 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 Actually, but if we're going to talk about that, uh, I think that I've, and I would love to like ask my like clinic to give me like the records on this. Cause I'm actually very curious, but I feel like before I was on prep, I would just like fuck around 90% of the time with condoms. And then like, you know, there was that time when you're drunk and your penis is like slipping on their booty hole and it just like goes in and you just keep going. So there, yeah. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't a bad, that, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so I did a lot of that, like 90% condom, 10% not. And I feel like I had anytime I fucked up, I would get an STD. Mm hmm. And now I'm on prep, and since I've been on prep, I think I've been on it for two years, I never use condoms. I have a little bit less sex in general, I would say. I'm more selective because I only want to have sex without a condom, and I prefer to have sex with someone who is either undetectable and healthy or on prep as well. I don't want to have sex with someone who is not on prep. Um, Were or, you or, ever scared to contact the people that you had sex with and when you had an STD, was that hard for you to say, Hey, I, you should get checked because you I know, had this. I think that I've always been good about that. Whenever I did get an STD, I was very good about contacting the partners that I was with and being like, Hey, this sucks, but you know, here's the news because it's, it's important. And where do you go? Uh, like, where would you recommend people to go here in San Francisco? Shout out strut. It used to be called magnet. Um, and I've literally been going there ever since I moved here. They were first known as Magnet. Uh, they moved around the corner. They're still in Castro, and they call, they're called Strut now. And uh, they are amazing and um, are very supportive. And they are the ones who put me on prep. So I get tested there. I've always gotten tested there, and now I get my prep from them. I um, haven't gotten on prep but yet. But wait, uh, the, comment, uh, the, the thing I was trying to say before, and I'll try to make it quick, but all. Girl, we got all the time in the world. Bitch, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Uh, or hit the club. I'm not sure. We'll see. Maybe both. But anyways, um, I'm getting excited now that we're doing this. I'm waking up and I'm like, let's go oh, out now. I want to go see. I want to go see that boy, the bartender. Uh, what's it? Carlton in his in his underwear tonight. <gasps> it's the underwear yeah. party. So finish Dulce, your story. Dulce, we'll see you in a little bit, probably. Um, okay. So basically, what I'm trying to say is that off of prep and using condoms, I had a lot of STDs. Not mm. a lot, but like just you know, like the you you get them. And then I was on prep and I stopped using condoms because I hate them. And I want to say that I've had less STDs since going on prep and stopping and not using condoms than I did before when I would use condoms most of the time. And I think that it's because, and I, I've seen an article come out recently that it's actually like uh, echoing that, that sentiment. And I, I think it's because now that I'm on prep, I have to get tested every three months. You, it's, it's required. You can't get your pills without going in and getting checked in. They, like, they check your blood. They check your, they check thing. I don't know. They check whatever they're checking for. Um, and so you're required to get, you know, that screening. Whereas before, I definitely fuck with some dudes who are like, you know, after you've already nutted in each other or whatever, I'm like, oh, hey, by the way, like I got tested last month and I was like, good, you know, and. 
what about you? And then those people would be like, I'm like overdue, <laughs> kind of like it's been like two years. Oh, my and I'm God. like, oh, bitch, like that's horrible. And like, I, and I never shamed her, but I just be like, babe, you, there's these places you can go and get it tested for free. Like, please go and do that. Like, I'm gonna get tested again. Like, I'm fine, but you should go get tested. Um, just for you know, for your own fucking health. And so I think that fucking with those kind of people, like, and they're not bad people. It's it's scary getting tested. It's a it's a and it's a chore. It is a little bit intense if you've never gone or you're scared you might have something. I remember this one person, um, the lady, and I'll never forget it. She pissed me off so bad. She, they call me back and she's like, "Take a seat." And I'm like, "Oh shit!" And I, and I cannot explain. I cannot put this feeling in words on what it felt like. Yeah. But it's like my body had left, um, and I felt oh, it was it was so crazy and weird. Uh, she's like, "So you came back positive?" And she pauses. And at that moment, it's like everything stopped. And it's so weird. It was a feeling I've never felt in my entire life. It never happened. I'm getting dizzy. Like, I, this happened to me one time, too. Wait. And, and then she goes, what happened? For oral gonorrhea. I was yes! like, oh, fucking bitch. That I was happened, like, girl. Okay, so that happened to me. And the guy left a voicemail. He's like, Fabian, you need to call me back because you tested positive. You need to see a doctor. And I'm like, I, I worked at Verizon back then. And I was like, I went home because I was like, bitch, I have, I'm positive. Like I'm positive now. It, yeah. It was the same shit. I called him back and he's like, it was chlamydia. And I was like, bitch. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for anyone who does that, like, fuck you. Like, yeah, both no, fingers. that's not that's, ethical. Yeah. It's I don't not think. it. It. And I always get really scared when I go, um, luckily I have never, I haven't, contracted HIV and so I don't have to deal with that because it's a very tough disease to, to live with and but I have had STDs and so like I make sure that I go and I get tested like every two to three months and yeah. make sure that I'm good I don't like to mess with someone until I know I'm good so yeah. that way I know That's if something happens I'm responsible. not responsible for it yeah, yeah I just it's I would feel bad yeah to put a bow on that though I would like to say because I think that a lot of gay guys don't get this that there is virtually no risk of contracting HIV if you have sex with someone who is positive and undetectable. Undetectable at this point, to me, even personally, like I could, I would say that I'd rather fuck with someone who's undetectable than someone who hasn't been tested because undetectable has been tested or like been proven. It's like they will not pass on, they will not pass on HIV to you. Whereas someone who hasn't been tested, that like that, situation I'm talking about before where like it's been a while since they've gotten tested and they're not sure what their status is they could have just contracted the the disease and uh and they could be more um I'm losing my words here but yeah there's more chance of contracting it from someone who doesn't know versus someone who's undetectable mm -hmm. undetectable at basically my point is virtually no risk um and then we now we have prep it's like we're it's become safer and safer and safer to Fucking nut up in each other's guts. <laughs> it's a dream for a gay faggot who doesn't like uh, condoms. We live in, in yeah. the golden ages. So right speaking now. about Strut, they um hosted or they kind of um they gave you a show. They hosted the show, yeah. They so Strut hosts a different artist every month in their on their second floor. Um and you they have an opening night every month, the first Friday of every month, where they debut your artwork and they have free wine which speaks to me 
And so I met you through Tumblr because you were working on this show. Um, had you had known about like, were you working on this project? Because your project's called Photo Hoto. Tell us what Photo Hoto is first before we so, get into this. Photo Hoto. First off, the words are Photo Hoto, and Hoto means faggot in in Spanish, particularly Mexican Spanish. Um, I think other Latin American countries use the word maricón more often for the word faggot, but uh, Joto is specifically Mexican, which I love because I'm Mexican Puerto Rican. Um, but my project, I, uh, I spell it Foto Joto with an H, um, and that is super intentional for a couple of reasons. One of them is... One, I didn't want someone to walk up to me ever and be like, oh my God, Fabian, I love your project Photo Joto. Because <laughs> if someone doesn't speak Spanish, the word Joto is spelled with a J. And so and if they pronounce it in English, it, they would say Photo Joto. And it's not the fucking word. Uh, so that was, I mean, but that's, that's one reason. Another, um, I'm a visual artist, I'm a photographer. And so if someone were to look at the brand right now, and I'm looking at a photo of it right now. Um, <clears throat> the H is linear, it's a linear letter, whereas a J is curved. And so something I love about this, the, the look of it is that it's, it's, it's hard, it's weird to say this on a podcast because I'm like, you can't see, but if someone looks at the photo, it's F-O-T-O-H-O-T-O. And it's, F is, a, is linear, O is circle, T is a linear letter, O is circle, H is linear, O-T-O. And the word, the letter H just looks a lot better. And so as a visual person, I was like, this looks right. But I just always thought it was a, a play on photo. Like the H was because of the photo. Well, and so that's like the, the big, that's actually the biggest reason. There's, like I said, there's a lot of reasons. The biggest one is that a friend back home, David Allen, I love him. Um, he, the name came from him, essentially. He was, he made a joke. We were camping on my birthday one time in the mountains and he was like, Fabian, like putting the hoto in photo, <laughs> which doesn't make sense actually because the word hoto is spelled with a J. But mm -hmm. if you spell the word photo in English, it's, it has the word hoto in mm -hmm. it. And that's why I came up with the name is because of him making that joke. Um, and so I actually own both URLs though. I own, if you type in photo hoto correctly with a J, it'll take you to my website. Nice. Like I bought both. I understand I don't spell it the right way. <laughs> But so is Photo Hoto the name of the series, the project, or is that the name of your photography? Because you said FBFE is your photography. <laughs> yeah, I'm like in the like. Yeah, I have two now. FBFE was what I've always done, and it's party. It's uh, photographing parties, um, and there's no direct. It's every. It's FBFE. It's, it stands for Photos by Fabian Echevarria. Um, that encompasses everything, like mostly my party photography. Um, whereas photo hoto is something that I branched out into personally because I was tired of seeing, not seeing enough brown representation. You know, like I would go out in the Castro and I would take photos and it's just like a lot of white gaze. And I felt like, Nina Simone has this really great quote and I don't know it word by word, but it was essentially something about like, as an artist, you can't not, ugh, I need to look it up. <laughs> All right. So I'll put that on pause. I'll take this part out. So you were talking about Nina Simone and how this quote changed. No, yeah, but how something. did we get there? I don't remember. 
We're talking about photo hotel. We're talking about photo hotel. And, and so, okay, spelled. so there is this quote. By oh, me. representation of Latinos. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I photograph with, so FBFE, my other, my party photography brand. Uh, it, it's all encompassing, like anything I, any photography work I do falls under that. But in doing that, I noticed just how, uh, just how like white everything was. And, and like lack of color. Lack of color, <laughs> LOC, and uh, and you like it, we all, we're all seeing these things in the news of like it's funny that you say lack of color and, and your and your um pictures are so white, but your your photography photo photo is black and white. There is literally no color in it. Bitch, <laughs> my brother has the told irony. me. My brother has told me about this. We talk about it a lot. <laughs> um, it's something I'm looking. I'm thinking about it. I'm looking into it. Like looking into turning it into turning color? photo into color, yeah. What what is it that you? Why is it? Why is it black, black and, and white? white? So glad you asked. My big, my two biggest inspirations for photo I mean, the name I I just talked about. David Allen gave me that that name. I love it. But like visually, the two biggest inspirations I have are Abercrombie and Fitch, and I just I. Abercrombie and Fitch is just so unapologetically white. Like, it's not even like, hey, here's our whiteness in your face. It's just white. It just is. It just is its thing, and it exists, and it is. And and it's unapologetic about it. And it's like, I want to do that and be fucking unapologetically brown and Latino about everything, and faggoty about it all. Um, and so, and obviously their imagery is all black and white and everything looks good in black and white. So there was that. Um, and then the second biggest inspiration is I always thought that I wanted photo to be a zine eventually. And my personal, like a favorite zine of mine is butt magazine, but, and I love butt magazine. I don't mean to like dismiss it or talk trash, but I don't think that there was a lot of brown representation in that magazine. And I don't think there was a lot of butt. Was it black and white? Yeah. Okay. Was, no, no. It was actually pink. It's a, It was printed on, I think, pink paper. I'm not sure what the process was, but it was very, like, it was pink, black, and white, essentially. Or, like, toned. Like, black and white, but toned into a pink. But still, I still find it interesting that you chose to go black and white because a lot like POC is like they have beautiful like the beautiful different there's so many shades of POC that you could like capture and and sometimes you've had some that actually come across as looking white and what? I feel like that def- defeats almost the purpose of photographing POC yeah um so that's also I was very curious like oh it's because some people you can you know that they just aren't white because there's certain features of certain cultures that right. you just and know I'm glad you brought that up because I was gonna say I think that no matter, I, I'm like, even if I overexposed a photo where they look a little lighter than they should, I personally think that you cannot erase someone's look. Um, and so when you look at the photos, that they still look uh, not white, <laughs> essentially. Uh, but that, again, that is something that I'm looking into because of that. Fe- I've gotten that feedback from multiple people. For me, it's an aesthetic thing. I, I just I just fucking think it looks beautiful. I mean, like, we're sitting in a room right now surrounded by my photography, and it's all in black and white, and I think it looks fucking gorgeous. Girl, like, do you. I'm not telling you to change it. I'm no, just- no, and I'm just, like, <laughs> I just want to talk about it because yeah. you're not the only person who's thought this, and, like, multiple people have thought this. And I 
I'm not saying I'll never do color, mm-hmm. but I knew that photo photo. I wanted it to be this very like uh, specific look and like all like cohesive. Like the entire series, you could look at in one shot. I think it looks great. I don't have an looks, issue with it. Like I only, all yeah. one one piece. I only bring it up for the sake of like the podcast and kind of like putting it out there. Almost no, and like it's, worth, it's worth addressing. It's not something that I did not think about when I did it. I was like, where people of color. My focus is people of color. How wonderful would it be just to see it like a, like that. You have a lot of booty holes in this room. Like to just see all those booty holes in colors would be just so fucking amazing. Cause <laughs> maybe, I love, it might be too, too much detail. It's a lot to handle. Those are some fucking you're, gorgeous booty holes. You're right. So, <laughs> so you're, so whenever we met, cause you had contacted me, um, you're like, I think you said you wanted to photograph me and yeah, right I away. don't, yeah. And where you had already been lined up for the show at strut. No. So okay. No. So how long had you been working on this uh, project before that? Before you, maybe a year. And yeah, it's always just been like. Do you want to read your your little saying? I think that's like so beautiful. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't, but I, I think it's worth like, especially because I feel like I haven't really represented. Girl, speaking the to the mic. Uh, sorry, I I I don't want to, but I think it's it is something I should do because. We've kind of, I've kind of like haphazardly, and it's my own fault, ha- talked about the project, and it's like, it's just my own, like, I can't think straight, like, thing, yeah. So, uh, I think it's worth, like, if I'm going to represent this thing very well, I should uh, read what. Do this, yours. This, Don't do the strut one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just pulled it up. Um, so, this is, like, what I wrote when I thought about this project. I came up with the I bought the name. A year before I ever put anything out, and I just sat there and like I just thought about it a lot. Like, Why did you just sit there for a year? This ties back into my anxiety and like just it's like it's putting myself out there. Like doing anything publicly is putting yourself out there, and I just was like I, have to, I wanted to be very like intentional with what I did with this. Um, so I thought about it for a lot, a lot. and I still am still thinking about it. I'm very slow with this project. But so I bit, I wrote this like big old paragraph thingy, kind of just like describing like what my intentions were with the project. And so I'll read it right now. Let me sip a little bit of my wine first. Okay. I, I, this is going to be my first time hearing this in like over <laughs> a year. So let me see what the fuck I said. <laughs> I said, photo photo is passions, ideas, emotions, concerns, insecurities, and intuitions that have harbored in me for much of my adult life. Being a Mexican, being a Mexicano, Puerto, wait, what did I say here? Being a Mexicano, Puerto Riqueño, Pocho, faggot, has presented very real struggles as I grew up and tried to figure out both the world and myself. Too brown to fit in with the gringos, not fluent enough in Spanish to garner the respect of my fellow Mexicanos, and not machismo enough to fit in with the hombres, and way too damn poor to have any of the things that the other kids had, I had to develop my own sense of worth. It's taken me a long time to accept who I am and an even longer time to be proud of that person. We live in a, we live in a mediated culture dominated by ideals, attitudes, and standards of beauty that hardly ever reflect my own lived experience. As a photographer and a content creator, I decided that rather than complaining about one more body hairless, colorless, unattainable list of 100 hottest men 
that I would instead create my own platform, a platform to present what I find beautiful, what I think matters, and what I think a lot of other outlets are missing. Currently, Photohoto is simply a photo blog, but much like the... <laughs> I like this part. But much like the bulge in your pantalones after viewing it, Photohoto is going to grow. <laughs> <laughs> the focus right now is on Latino men, but will eventually include POC faggots and queers from all walks of life, which I just like last month started. Side note. The focus right now is on photography, but will eventually include video, essays, gallery showings, interviews, a zine, critiques, and conversations by myself and other photohotos. At least this is my vision, but the possibilities are endless. In a world where racism, body shaming, slut shaming, bottom shaming, and every other form of blatant ignorance exists, photohoto will be my personal salvation, my safe space, your spank bank, our conversation piece. Photohoto is explicit, intentional, hairy, pocho, queer, brown, feminine, and masculine. Photohoto is a journey. Vamanos. Yes. When I read that, I thought that was so beautiful. Very long-winded, but beautiful. <laughs> I go, I'm exhausted. Like, is there a nap segment in this podcast? Uh, so, but no, I thank you for having me read that because one, it reminded me that I wrote that shit, but also like it, that sort of like my brother even told me, he's like, when I see your photography without that, con without that context, I'm not sure what I'm looking at. It could just be like, you know, naked men or sex or whatever, but like in that context. And I think in the, the gallery, that opening that we had people who read that and then saw the photography are like, Oh shit. Like this is very, there, there's intention with all these photos. And so, how, was, how was that process and for, the, for having your first gallery showing? How was that for you? Well, part of that process is fucking picking the hotels. And Speaking of, how do you choose hotels? What, <sighs> what, gravi what gravitates you? What shoots out at you? Like, I have to photograph this band for this um, yeah. series. What is it that you look for whenever you are photographing somebody? Because I thought it was very weird that you wanted me to be in it. And I was like, what? Like, I don't find myself attracted whatsoever. And I'm going to bring something up to you later. And, uh, I'm gonna and I told you before, and uh -huh. I'm going to tell you again, that it's stuck with me my entire life ever since we had this conversation while we were walking one day. But what is it that, but first we'll start off with what, what is it that, no, I can't, I need to hear what this. is it that, um, okay. So for draws me, you. first off, everyone who's in the project did not ask to be photographed. I saw them and was like, Hola, I think you're fucking gorgeous um, and you're beautiful, like inside and out. I want to photograph you like this is my project. Can we be a part of it? Like, would you be down and like showing them like, well, if, actually, no, actually, I should go back further. The first people to ever be photographed for Photohoto was my friend Timoteo and my other friend Kevin Salcedo. And both of them essentially just posed for me, not knowing what the hell Photohoto was. I told them the name. I showed them this thing that I just read out loud. Um, but there was no photos. No photos existed yet. And I was just like, it's just going to be a photo series of Latino men, Latino faggot men. And that's, that's all I had to go with. Like, and they had no visuals so of what inspiring. that looked like. So inspiring. Oh, my God. <laughs> And so they were the, they, they did it blind, essentially. Like, they're just like, okay, whatever. And they both were very, um, 
they gave me everything. Like they, they did. I, we have a lot, I have so much photo, so much, uh, material from back then. And some of it is like the first images that ended up like becoming photo hoto. And now because I have so much material, I can show new people like, Hey, like, um, this is what it looks like. Will you join? But the criteria, there isn't one. I, uh, what I want is people who are fucking good people. Like I just, people who are Brown people who are at first, at first it was only Latino. Now it's all POC and I'm trying to, I'm working harder on expanding into like other cultures and like just other and other skin tones, especially like I know that photo hotel lacks black people. And like, that's something I'm working on uh, very intentionally. I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, the criteria of picking people. <laughs> besides, besides, besides fucking being POC, like, I just want them to be good people who, like, kind of understand. When you say good, do you mean, like, good-hearted or just, like, good-looking or, like... I think that everyone is good-looking. Okay. I, and I think, hope, I hope that people can tell that by looking at Foto Hoto, that they see, like, these are all, like, there's a very wide range of different-looking people, and they're all fucking gorgeous. So beyond looks, it's more like just like I, I, I try to get a feel for people and like, you know, make sure that they embody kind of the basic things that I'm going for, which is just, you know, like just understanding the POC struggle, knowing where we are in politics as far as like, you know, like. Like why a big one is like, why do why do we have to have a photography series that only allows brown people if you if there you find a problem with that then you don't understand what it is that we're going through um and so i think that the people who are in it kind of know those kinds of things and things related to that i could go on and on about the (laughs) politics behind it um but i think hopefully people get that it's like why do we even need a blog of just brown folks to like reaffirm how we are powerful and beautiful and worth people's time, you know? So how did you end up choosing the final, how many was it, 10? In the gallery showing? Yeah. Um, I think I used everyone that was in the series at the time. Was it stressful? That was like, I've never done a gallery showing. Like, what goes into it and how hard is it? It was super stressful because it was expensive, first of all. I think I spent like $1,000 on the show. And I didn't make anything off, off of it. Oh, my God. That sucks. It I mean, hurt. Like, yeah. it, hurt, it hurt my pocket. It didn't hurt. It fills my heart. It's, it's the biggest highlight of my life was that gallery showing, that gallery opening. But picking that, it was rough. It was, it was many months of like figuring out what the fuck I was going to show on that wall and then having to figure out the size of the prints and then like how much space I had on the wall. It was a lot. But as far as the content, um, I just, I had favorites, favorite photos from each person, like yours um, on all fours. Hola. <laughs> and so uh no so i like the content the or the photos themselves were a little easier to pick it was harder to like one finance it i had to borrow money from my mom who i forgot to thank at the event which was horrible oh my god you're such a bad son i know i know i know uh and actually so i don't know when this podcast is gonna come out but we got time um 
I got accepted to do another gallery opening at yeah. Strut. And the opening night is going to be December 7th, 2018, which is my mom's birthday. Aww. So I am going to make it a point to, I'm actually thinking I'm going to like give her a shout out and be like, can everyone really right now real quick, just be like, thank you, mom. And have the whole <laughs> room say, thanks, mom. Just to her. And she's going to cry. I already know. She's a crier. I'm a crier. And she's a big Maybe crier. you can introduce a female version of Foto Joto with your mom. Foto Jota. <laughs> Ew. And photograph my mom naked. No. She doesn't mean naked. Hard, she just introduced like the girl path. version. <laughs> uh, no, I just, no, she's the one who bought me my camera. She she has very little money. And uh, she has always supported me. And she didn't, like, she didn't have to. She could have been like, this is way too gay and way too sexy. Like, no, but she's always supported me. And so, yeah, yeah, I have the most thanks to her. And I forgot to mention her at the last event. I felt horrible. Uh, You could mention her now. What was the reception? Is it reception um, from the show? What was, how do people take it? Okay, I put on pause. All right, so I was saying, what, how did the show go? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. So the show was amazing. I per- was particular about the the sound, the song selection, um, and so I intentionally picked a play. I made a playlist. Me and my brother did actually um, of only POC artists because we figured it's like Hoto Hoto was like it's POC only photography. So like the music that's playing while people are like in the space should be POC only and oh it was so fucking good like people people walked up to me and were just like saying how much the series like spoke to them um I remember one person he was like girl I walked in while Selena was playing in the background and I was looking at your photography and I read your statement and he just was like wow like he's like I really 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 like what you're doing. Um, and so I, there was a lot of watery eyed moments because there's just a lot of people like being reaffirmed of their like Latinidad and that what, it was just amazing. It was, it, and it reaffirmed me. Like it's a, it's a, it's a mutual situation of like, I'm putting this work out there and the people who love it, and who share that love with me are like reaffirming me like and we're kind of reaffirming each other and so that sense of like community was definitely there the night of the gallery opening and ugh, it was just really i i loved it whenever i was there i i felt the same thing that you just said because we had a moment where we were talking about how um like i told you i'd never feel that i was attractive i never i always feel like i'm ugly and mm-hmm. like that's how I've always felt. And there was what we were, we were walking and you started to mention how a lot of your friends date white guys and they <laughs> also have issues with um, like confidence and how they don't also feel like they're attractive. And I've seen your friends and your friends are super attractive. Yeah. And, and then this, this is what, what have has always stuck with me. And it's like, I had an epiphany, like my head, mind had blown and my thought has shifted your forever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you had said, uh, you said you had said that a lot of um, them um, compare themselves to white people. Yeah, and and I and I heard that and I was like, whoa! My entire life I've been 
comparing myself to a white person. Of course, I'm going to feel like I'm ugly because I don't look like a white person. I will never amount to like what people think is beautiful in the media. Like you mentioned, like that's not me. That's not what I look like. So when I saw Mm. these brown people and I heard you say it, all of a sudden I was like, wow, I'm an attractive brown person. Yeah. And I have never felt ugly ever since then. Especially after seeing your show, I was like, wow, I am a beautiful person. And you helped me see that. Yeah. Eyes are watering. Yeah. And so like you changed (laughs) my life forever. And whenever you said that, because I never even thought, I never even knew I was doing that, you know? Yeah. And now I'm like a lot more happier, you know? I mean, I'm not like super happy because I know. I mean, life is so life. It's so rough. But Yeah. yeah, no, I think that when we find other people who fucking look like us and we're reaffirmed that we fucking are actually gorgeous it it's a step it's it's yeah it's not gonna fucking solve the world but uh it's a it's it's nice and another friend talked to me he said that same thing he just he also was someone who only dated white people before and then i kind of like called him out on that a little bit maybe um but i just like talked about how like we like need to like practice self-love and also like share that love like and that energy amongst brown folk like specifically like and intentionally and yeah he kind of like he just had similar things yeah and, and that day also what, i don't know if you felt it i know we felt it um in the, in the club but having all your having your photo photos in one place yes. it, it just felt so powerful that to have was magical these, yes. and yes powerful like having it was you me timoteo and i think there was like three other people but it was all like brown folk and we were just like there like feeling ourselves on the dance floor like that it was so intense and powerful yeah i i for sure felt like i was a part of something special yeah um and i hope you continue to um grow this series because i would love for other people to have that same feeling i could the way i would amount like the way i would kind of like um compare it to it's almost being like the whenever you see the winners of rupaul's drag race like all the winners in one photo you're just uh-huh. like whoa that's a really powerful photo that's it's, that's what it felt like whenever you Ew. had your original Did you photo, see the photos. photo of lady gaga with all the presidents no oh it's really cute it's really cute and it's it's gaga standing i think and like all the presidents like are like the most recent presidents all sitting down and she's just like there with them <laughs> i want to feel that with like the hotels like uh, hopefully in December next year yes. we can like have everyone come who's been in it. Um, yeah, could, and we were talking about before about like the criteria, and it's like one, no one in the photo in the project has asked to be in it. Like I don't think that that's the way it should ever work. Like I saw something in someone and was like, "Hey, I think you're gorgeous," and like I don't know, like it, it was a conversation. It wasn't like, "Hey, can I can I be in it?" And I was like, oh, yeah, like it's not, it's not that simple. It's there's a lot more thought put into it. Um, super intentional, and I want everyone who is in it to be good fucking people. That like I would be proud of the group photo we would take together that day. So, what's in the future for you? I know you're continue. This is like a continuing work of art for you. It's like your project will always go. On, but like, what else are you gonna be working on or doing? I think this is it like creatively this I think this is it I want to put all my focus into this uh as far as like the future of this project I think that the future is video um I want to start putting out these 
my dream job when I was a kid, like my biggest dream, it's still my dream job, is doing backdrop videos for concerts. Uh, one of my most biggest like moments in life that like forever changed me was going to Lady Gaga's Monster Ball. And anyone who was there will know that it opened up with like this remix of finally, like finally it's happened to me right in front of my face. That song. Um, it was a remix of that. And it's like all of these crazy visuals of Gaga, like just like, it was just very like, oh, it's just the visuals. They were just there. It was amazing. Um, and my dream job would be to like create those kind of visuals because that whole concert, like the visuals of that backdrop were like the video, like they record pre-recorded video. It was like, oh, so good. Um, and so what I want to do is start recording videos of Hotos. And it was like these very simple concepts of like, kind of like it looks like a photo shoot, but it's video. Um, and eventually have a, such a big collection of all of them that when I throw a party, which I definitely, I don't know if I want to call it club, club hoto or like photo hoto club or just photo hoto. I don't club know. Club hoto I'm, does not sound good. No? No. But like if I just call it photo hoto, I feel like, I don't know. It's definitely something I need to like. Like this would be like about. a yearly party? Make a, a monthly, I would hope. Oh, wow. That's ambitious. Huh? She rolling in money now. <laughs> no, bitch. This is all, this is costing me money. I would love to make money off it one day. Did we discuss how you decided your pricing for photography? Because as, as I'm also a photographer, so for me, it's very difficult to figure out how much I'm going to charge and also having someone be okay with that because I feel there are so many people that don't appreciate that the or understand the work behind yeah. photography and how hard and tedious it is. Well, this is our fourth recording, so I'm <laughs> not sure which recording I said it in. Um, I know we talked about it, and if I, I, I could just, I can touch on it now. I'm at a place finally, 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 it's happened to me where I can fucking say this is my rate. Pay me or I don't have to work for you. Because before it was kind of like I relied on it so much that like if someone was like, oh, yeah, that's not really in our budget. I would have to fucking essentially like lower my budget to where I'm working like for ten dollars. No, like 50, but 50 for working three hours at an event and then all the work afterwards. It, that's it's less than minimum wage at that point. And so Right now, I'm at a point where if someone asks me to work an event, I straight up tell them my rate, and I don't care. I like I send the text off, and it's like, you do what you want with that information. If you want to hire me, you let a hoe know, <laughs> and I will add you to my Google Calendar. <laughs> if I don't hear back from you, fine. I don't care. Like I'm not because I don't. I know my work is good, and I don't want to show up to a party working for minimum wage because I'm worth way more than that. And my rate right now is still not expensive, like for what I do, I don't think so. So where can people get this information, find you if they want to hire you, look you up if they find you interesting or if they hate you, talk shit to you. Call me, <laughs> me if you want to reach me. Um, so you can talk shit to my customer service line. It's <laughs> 1-800-FUCK-YOU-BITCH. Uh, no, just kidding. Um... So people can find me on Instagram. Uh, I have two. 
It's uh, that you don't really post that much on. I, bitch, I'm working <laughs> on it. I was. I, I'm happy to report that I was live Instagramming today about <laughs> the bullshit that you've been putting me through. <laughs> so everyone see, can see that. <laughs> um, on Instagram, I am fbfe underscore foto as in photo. And then the other project, which we we've been talking about a lot more, is. Fotohoto, spelt F-O-T-O-H-O-T-O underscore on Instagram. Um, but you can just go to fotohoto.com on any web browser, and that'll take you to my Tumblr. Follow me. You yeah. can see Eric there and his yeah. little booty hole. Yes. yes. I posted that video on Instagram that you made. Uh, it's my booty hole. Like, a lot of people found <gasps> oh, another. They come up to me and it's like, like, <laughs> they're like, I now know you on such a deeper level. There is like, <laughs> uh, not, not that I wanted to, but you know. Oh, bitch, they wanted to. This, this, I have like family members on. Oh, my, okay, maybe not and, the family. And then but... some of them are my coworkers, and like the girl, some of them are girls, and they're like, some of them are straight boys. They're like, Eric, like they have seen my booty hole so many times on fucking. Instagram. I have no sympathy <laughs> for the straight boys because I'm like, girl, you have a booty hole, like you know what a man's butthole yeah. looks like, like because you have one. Or they might not. They might not have never looked at it. That's true. Yeah, That's so weird. Is it though? Girl, like, it's your body. Like, you should know what that shit looks like. I mean, if you never have anything that goes up it, why do you have a reason to look at it? Because shit comes out of it, literally. Right, but you wipe it and wash. I don't know, bitch. I'm obsessed <laughs> with booty hole, so, like, I can't not think about not knowing uh, what it looks so like. So, I think it's, uh, we've gone in a hour and 20, I think. Um, I feel like we haven't talked about much, but um, uh, I'm getting kind of tired. And I know you have to wake up in the morning. Um, do you want to end it now? This is also our fifth recording. Yeah. Can't say that enough. I mean... Do you have anything you want to say before we go? To anyone listening, if you've got a big, hairy booty hole or an uncut dick, I don't care the size. I am not a size queen. I love all penises. Um, send it my way. Because you... I don't know if we mentioned this, but you have an open relationship, right? Oh, yeah. I'm a slut. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, send your dick and booty hole pics my way. Um, but on an artistic side, if brown folk want to work with me on like shit for photo, photo, that's also something that I'm super down for. Sex is not tied into any of that. Um, is there anyone you want to work with? Like if you're, if you're going to reach out, um, like who, who inspires you as a photographer? Oh, as a photographer? Um, or just like in like if you're gonna work with someone creatively, like who who would be someone you would love to work with? Ugh, girl, there's. Well, I don't know what you're asking. Like, so photographer wise, um, and I'll just say it because I love him and he was actually one of my big inspirations when I first moved here is Gabure. Uh, his name is his pseudonym is Shot in the City Photography. Um, and anyone who lives in SF already knows her. Like, she's everywhere and she's amazing. Um, and I am super proud and like happy and like grateful just to be his friend. Um, and he gave me my incense that I light every day. Um, so he's amazing as a, so photographer wise him, I love him. Um, but like people I want to work with, like for photo girl, there is so many. Um, and most of the people that I want to work with have already said they will work with me. Oh, nice. It's literally just about homegirl getting it together and making time. (laughs) 
So what about whenever you were finding who you were as a photographer? Was there anyone that you looked up to or kind of like followed their work? And No. <laughs> no? No. I, no. I just, like I said, Gaga, like that one concert yeah. was like pivotal. But as far as photography goes, no, I don't have a lot of inspiration I draw from. I kind of just have been doing my own thing. Like, I'm so faggoty and, like, drawn into, like, beautiful, gorgeous brown men that, like, that's enough material Before for me to go, work Before we go, though, um, I just wanted to point out that when you said bottom shaming, you had an emphasis of, on the word bottom shaming whenever yeah. you were reading it. Why did you have an emphasis on the word bottom shaming? Because, one, I've been in a relationship with a man who would not let me top him, and it came, became more clear that, like, he had major issues, one, with being gay, but then further deeper down, I realized like, and it was kind of had to do with his dad. His dad was sort of like, fine if you're gay, but like, I hope you don't like get fucked, you know? And it was this like weird, like, oh, it was, it was a not great relationship. Um, but just also like friends and like Grindr and Facebook, like all these like mediums where I see people. Like, we've kind of gotten, most of us are past the point of, like, like, we all accept that we're gay. Like, it's, you know, laws haven't caught up with that, any of that. Um, But we, as, like, gay people, kind of, like, we're cool with being gay. Whereas, I think that bottoming, like, taking a dick up your ass is, uh, I said that weird, taking a dick up your ass is still something that I think people are ashamed of, and as a top, um, and as someone who's like loves butt and as someone who loves bottoms, I'm like, I just, I, yeah, I just want to remove that shame from people because I'm like, bitch, if you can take a dick up your ass, you are amazing. And also call me. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like there is a lot of shame, shame on people. Um, there is. Say they're like, they, like they use kind of how people would use gay as a, as a, like a, like a, it was called a slur. Like just to like, yeah. to like um, and now it's like we've transitioned from that. Like we're okay with that, and now bottoming is like the new. Yeah, like you like, like we say you bottom. Like they get like I'm not a bottom. Or even when bottoms label themselves on grinder or scruff or whatever, they don't put bottom. They put not a top because like they almost like they can't even like admit that they're a bottom. <laughs> and I'm like, bitch, be proud. Yeah. I mean, where would the tops be without them? Exactly. So. Who who, who are you gonna be exactly. fucking? Yeah. yeah. You know. So, but like, anyways. So, another technical difficulty. So, we forgot. We cut off the buy early. So, we just want to say, I think I said, thank you so much for recording this podcast with me, Fabian. It was a pleasure. I hope you had fun. Oh, my God. It was so much fun. Okay. Um, no, I was super grateful. Um, I actually had a chance to, like, listen to a bit of, like, the things we talked about. And I'm just super grateful for, like life and the things we talked about and like also like hearing back like the goals of photo photo um it really like meant a lot and so i was yeah it was just great to be here uh, and talk, about, we'll and talk about things we'll have to do it again yes all right one day bye bye hotas love you